All right, you are listening to episode 15, believe it or not, and I am Dieter Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. I've been listening to the podcast, and now I realize that almost every single episode I say, wow, episode such and such, I can't believe we've done that many, so I'm not going to say that this time. But you just did. Well, I no, I was just reflecting back. <laughs> All right. I think we need to have like some sort of... Response or something oh. for you every time that you say that. So you know, maybe maybe we take away your cookies or something. No, I don't know. No, that's not it. <laughs> so what's going on with you this well, week? As we gather around, there's there's a million things going on. But the thing that really stuck out for me, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to talk about the date we went on the other night. As you know, and if if anybody listening actually knows us, you know that. It's hard to tell if we're a wave or a particle most of the time. We're moving so fast. There's so many things going on. I mean, you are moving all day long. I'm moving all day long. We're we're doing church stuff in between moments. We're doing unity society stuff in between moments. We're planning rallies and retreats. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But moving, 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 moving. And the deal is that it's just like anything. Life is like the dishes. There's always going to be dirty dishes. And so you have to claim time. I've always felt like, without getting too preachy, I've always felt like there are activities that get you forward and there are activities that are just maintenance. And they're both important. But unless you do something that makes you feel like you have moved forward a little bit, you're just paying, you're not paying the, uh, the actual principal. You're just paying down interest, so to speak, in your life. Well, you're numbing yourself. It's yeah. just as it's if I have to look at one more load of laundry, I might just commit Harry Carry. <laughs> so you have to pay yourself now and again, sure. you know. And so as you know, what we we actually went on a date, you know. Um, we're trying to be better about it and and we're trying to be better about self-care, mm-hmm. about claiming our time, about claiming time with each other, and especially as the because the kids are getting older, it's nice that we can do that. There's less worry you know about we know somebody's with the dog you know stuff like that yeah, yeah. and it's all as parents it is always on your mind no matter how old your kids are you're always going to be concerned about their welfare yeah you just are well and we've been together you know coming up on 25 years i yes. mean our, we're we're getting ready to celebrate our 23rd wedding anniversary but think about that a quarter century quarter of a century what have you done but anyway so here we are the the old couple and we went out to dinner and uh as i noticed as we were walking in there was a gentleman who was older than than us yeah probably was, by about 10 maybe yeah, 15 years yeah. Yeah. and he was sort of hanging out in front of the restaurant and you could just tell the whole body language the whole vibe you know he was waiting for somebody and he he was very he was very nicely dressed. Yeah. I mean for for that style. Yeah, different style to, than what he, what you yep, might choose. And but he spent time. Dude. He spent time, he spent care. He had he had a a, a couple of red roses in, a little, was, bud in vase. a little bud yeah. vase that was there. So you knew it was you knew something special was going on. So I on. saw and that he was super nervous. I saw that dude out in front of the restaurant and he mm-hmm. was looking at the thousand mile stare whatever they call it he was looking <laughs> but anyway they sat us at our table and then at the next table over and this restaurant was packed and so if i just leaned a little bit i could reach the table next to us and right after they sat us they sat this guy down right next to me but he was by himself yeah. and we started to get worried because we had already ordered our drinks and we had already kind of talked to the waiter and somebody had come over to him already and he's like, no, no, I'm going to wait. And, you know, and so you and I are supposed to be spending time together and talking about to each other and we're both like really concerned about this guy. Yeah. But several minutes later, and I don't know that she was late. I think maybe he was just a bit early. That was sort of the vibe that I got, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway, so she showed up. I didn't ask. And it was, it was um, clearly a first date. Yeah, they did not know each other. Right. They were, yeah. I think it was, it was like might a, have even been like an internet thing. It were, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, or a blind know. date. Somebody set them up or it was internet. They had never seen each other. They had never, well, maybe pictures, but, you know, they yeah. had never really met. Yeah. And yeah. so they were they were making small talk, and we weren't eavesdropping, and I didn't hear 
no, words, we were, we but were you in could and just out, sort of, and you know, we were talking about stuff, but then but every you could once see in a while, body language, yeah, and, and you know, you that and I kind of would thing. exchange a knowing glance about, oh, isn't that so sweet yeah. and everything. But these people are a good bit older than us, mm-hmm. but we've been around a long time, we've been together a long time, so it was just kind of a funny juxtaposition. But it was clear that they were having a good time, and it was. It was working for the two of them. and uh, Well, and they got her order wrong, and then he was eating her food, but he was so nervous that he didn't even say that he got the wrong order as well. Yeah. And then they had to redo it, and then it, it was... I mean, as first dates go, I mean, especially in sort of the guy position, mm-hmm. he was not he was not having a good Well, that's the time thing. There. I think she was fine. Yeah, and she was. I was sitting next to him... So I could see her, if you know what I mean. And, and uh, I, I was watching him and exactly, he was it's like, exactly. oh no. So it was one of those kind of a moments. But the, as the evening went on, our, our unwitting double date went pretty well. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I was, I was, it was very sweet. And the thing that I just really loved is you and I were getting up to go. We had a head start on him. You leaned over as we as we were getting ready to go and you said you know i just want you to know i don't remember exactly what you said but it was something like i just want you to know that you guys are just adorable you're just an inspiration and what did you say it was probably something cheesy and like you're an inspiration and isn't it lovely that y'all got to meet here and it was so i i think i said it was so nice of us to get to experience their first date together along with them and how, and I, I get I think I was just appreciative and I said something cheesy about love and I don't remember what I said but it was ridiculous but she seemed over the moon that we had even noticed and he seemed to be like oh thank goodness I, I get a breath and it's relaxed yeah. and now we get to talk about this really weird couple that was sitting next well, and to I us when I saw him night. I saw him this is the first time I actually got to sort of look him in the eye because he you know he looked they looked over at both of us as we were leaving and I saw him just kind of. Yeah, he just kind of sat a little deeper into in his chair and everything like that. So I like to think that the rest of the evening went well. I think that it was okay. It, maybe they're listening to the podcast. Maybe right they now. are. I, I, <laughs> I highly doubt it. They they did not seem like our crew. But I I honestly was inspired by their willingness to put themselves out there and clearly he was nervous and and they were just so sweet talking trying to get to know each other and you know it's been a long time since I have been in that position and so it was Oh, can you imagine me on a date now I'd be hopeless hopeless I don't know that you'd be hopeless I don't think you give yourself enough credit but but I it's been a long it's been a long time you know mm-hmm. we're a couple of comfortable old shoes and never comfortable <laughs> And, you know, so it was just, it was, it was a privilege to be able to see the flames of new love. Yeah, and I'll just, was, I'll leave it, I'll well, leave it there. And, you know, I, I love, I love taking a moment. And Jenny, you do this all the time. I live in my head so much. I was thinking, well, should we buy them a drink? Oh, well, what if they don't drink? And that's weird. And what, you know, what if they met through their AA group and that's not cool? And what, you know, that I was having this internal dialogue but as always, you're the one that acted on it. And it was just such a sweet thing. And I think that my takeaway from that is we're all in this together. Take a minute. There are certainly times in everyday life when you see somebody that could just use an attaboy. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that was just such a sweet thing. Stand up for love. You know, that's pretty darn cool. And I was very inspired by that. I also want to talk about something that is at the opposite end of the romantic spectrum. I was going to you know, say, yeah, you yeah, know, I was that's all I had to say, say. That, you know, here we are, we, we make our mark and we're like, we are going to spend more time with each other. We're going to go out on more dates and all of this. And then we get wrangled <laughs> into yet another expectation. I won't say expectation, but another, another have to situation. Yeah, and and it's my own fault because yes, it is. In the same way that there are families that you know where the usually the dad. I'm sorry, but it's usually the dad wants to make sure that that little Rusty gets a good grounding in football and throwing the throwing the old uh, pigskin around and who's playing and and I have no interest in that. I 
I'm sorry, I'm not judging it. I just don't care about it. It's no, I'm the thing. sports fan in yeah. this house. If you, if you want to know any sports stuff, you come to me because that is my area because I love baseball and I love hockey. I don't like football so much, but baseball and hockey, yes. And I will tell you about the Freudian implications of ground acquisition games. But anyway. <laughs> um, curling. Yeah. Curling too. I can tell you all about I was watching. I was watching curling the other day, believe it or not. Yeah, well, I can get behind a little curling. But anyway, <laughs> the point is that's not this family. No, it and really is. Instead, I have I'm just as bad, but just in a different way. We're gonna have a podcast about nerd stuff. That was our daughter's suggestion, by the way. Not today. But I will say that I have made sure that our children know about Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, you have. And it's it, that was an important part of my growing up time and I was able to do that and still talk to girls somehow, which is magical in and of itself. But the point is, it has come back to bite us because our son has put together a Dungeons and Dragons game and he's asked us to, to play. Now, think about that. He's 18. Yes, he is. And also uh, has no troubles romantically. Nope. And yet he plays Dungeons and Dragons. And he wants his weird parents to be involved. This is pretty exceptional, so we got to jump at that. First of all, I would pay money to get to be in the company of my son. I think he's an amazing guy. But the the fact that he wants to hang out with us is pretty freaking weird. When I was 18 years old, I was convinced that my real parents were, were you know, in some kind of government espionage program and that the parents I had were assigned to me. So, you know, I, I have no frame of reference for this. So I'm honored. I'm flattered. And so here we are playing Dungeons & Dragons on Saturday nights. And a bunch of his friends, and of course Reyna, who's amazing and down for anything, is part of the game too. But he's got friends coming over. One of his friends has season hockey tickets and skipped a game to play Dungeons & Dragons. I know, so, with us, a crazy at this crazy house. But I, I was like, yay, nerds, we beat the <laughs> hockey game. I did put the hockey game on the TV for him. So yeah. that was that was, that was was the... Um... Payment for him for the him coming over. shall inherit the earth, as you know. Um, but you know, pretty cool, pretty cool little family moment. It really is, and it's it's very sweet. Um, but you know, I never went through being embarrassed of my parents, and I think Miles tends to be of that camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Raina was embarrassed of us for a short period well, of time. Well, embarrassed of you anyway. Well, sure, I'm yeah. Cool. It's, I'll you know what? I'll take it. I'm embarrassing. <laughs> it's it's. I, I totally get it, totally understand. But Miles doesn't tend to, and never went through the phase of, you know, not hugging us or he would be on a game with his friends and I'd say, good night, honey, I love you. And he'd be like, no, mom, I love you. You know, he never, he never even budged about saying that in, in front of his friends yeah, or see, anything like that. I so, wanted to keep the relationship with my parents professional. Yeah. So he, so he never really went through that phase. Maybe he'll go through it this year. I doubt it, but you know, never, maybe he's just a late bloomer of the embarrassment. But anyway, so yeah, so now we're playing Dungeons and Dragons every Saturday night at our house. We usually order some kind of food. We usually have some kind of dessert, and we play when for a few hours. Why isn't there food and dessert involved in anything we do? I'm surprised we're not eating during the podcast. <laughs> it's true. This is one of the few times I don't have food in my hand. It's true. It's sad, but it's true. But anyway, so yeah, so that. But it's really fun because you know they you get together and it's just you get to be a part of your kid's world for a little while, and you get to know their friends a little bit better and. It's it's been really fun. Taylor's a great guy, and so's Cam, and all of them. They're they're wonderful. Yeah. Speaking of young people, this weekend we mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast. This weekend we are headed out to our teen spring gathering, and uh, as you know, if you listen to the podcast, that's teens and young adults, and of course, adult sponsors and chaperones from all over the place are going to gather in uh, Ocala this time it's actually Gainesville we're going to, we're doing the service project at United Gainesville but I think it's Ocala is just a what a half hour south of Gainesville yeah the hotel's in Ocala and we're going to go out to Gainesville to do the service project but mm-hmm. anyway um it's exciting to me because it is just so much work but it is a great uh moment of remembrance that you get as much enjoyment out of something as you put work into it if it is a worthwhile thing to do. Mm-hmm. And this absolutely is. Jenny, you and I work our tails off all weekend. And we're not the only ones. There are certainly a number of people who work really hard. But 
it's just such a cool thing to get to be there for the teens. And, you know, there are a number of activities that these kids get into where they go on a retreat and it's quote-unquote spiritual and it's just a social thing. And I'm not judging that. Social things are great too, but here's the thing about teenagers. If you put them in a field together for a long enough time, they're going to have a rewarding time because they're good people and they're up for anything. You know, whether or not they had fun isn't the test. Our job is, can they have fun and also, can they walk away from this weekend with a better understanding of what it is to be a unity person? And so we have to work twice as hard, and I'm so glad we do. It's, uh, it's a lot, but man, oh man. Here's the thing, in, in unity, just like with every religion, when kids graduate high school, when they get to that age, they go away from church for a while, and that's true of every religion. But in unity, that is just such a much steeper cliff. My grammar isn't great tonight, but stick with me. Almost nobody who graduates from Youth of Unity, which is a high school age group, goes back to a unity church in the next 10 years. I've got numbers to back that up. And so it's a really challenging thing. And what it says is that the movement isn't doing what it ought to do to to help out. There's so much more that we can do. But I have to say that our graduates who've been involved in these retreats, they come back. They come back. They show up and they serve. You know, they, they start going to classes or they're there to paint well, a wall or whatever. I think it's because we make room for them. We make room for our 18 to 25-year-olds to not just come back and be children again, and but they move into a different arena. And they don't really want to be the adults in charge. They don't want that responsibility. They have other responsibilities in and throughout their whole lives. Mm-hmm. They want to come back and have kind of a quasi-experience that they did when they were teenagers, but also be able to serve in a different way. Right. And I think that you have to acknowledge. And I think... Not to be so bold, but I think that we have hit on something that will actually change the unity movement. And that, I don't usually say that, but that is absolutely a topic for another podcast. <laughs> and and it's catching. I know, you've, you've infected me. But I have somebody in mind that I want to bring on the podcast, and she may abs- she may actually be our first guest. So stay tuned about that. But just oh, yeah, if, yeah. if you're hearing this podcast on Sunday... Um, when it comes out, we will be at church service at the Unity of Gainesville. We'll be having lunch together and on our way home from just an amazing, fabulous weekend that these kids have helped plan and do. And it is a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I'm so grateful that I'm part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As we dig in tonight, I want to talk about, this is sort of Unity 101 time. We have this phrase in Unity. We say, by right of consciousness. And I may have said that before on the podcast. I don't know if I have or not. But by right of consciousness. And the basic idea is that whatever is going on in your life, you've earned it. By right of consciousness. In other words, by what you have going on on the inside, you have earned whatever you're experiencing on the outside. And this is a good thing. Usually we use it in a very positive way. This is about, well, except you're good. You know, that kind of thing. But I have to tell you, there's another piece of that puzzle. And that is, if we really believe that everything is earned by right of consciousness, you can't only use it for the things that you're happy about. I think there's a piece here where it is a it is the way, not a way, it is the way to overcome stuff that you're not happy about. Well, isn't that the definition of a true healing, right? That's what we're looking for. We're looking for real change, real healing, mm-hmm. um, and and a real difference in people's lives, right? So... What is the nitty-gritty of that? And this is something that we were talking about earlier, and I think it's why it, it made it to the podcast. But what does it take to really affect that change properly so that you get done with it? And one of the things that the for one of the first things that we talked about was that 
you have to change up sort of the verbiage that we're used to in unity, mm-hmm. right? Because oh, a lot yeah. of times, a lot of times we deal lessons in truth, the denials and affirmations part of it. But I have to say for me, and this may not be true for everybody that has read that, but for me, because of the cultural differences that it, at the, from the turn of, you know, the century, the 1900s, mm-hmm. compared to now, it's very different. We live in a very different time. And so I think the verbiage that, that is being used can go through kind of um, a morph, sort of, it can, it can morph, Oh, yeah, right? well, every time I teach Lessons in Truth, and I will teach it forever because it's still the best book. Oh, absolutely, but, no question. But I have to spend a good bit of time when I talk about the Denials chapter and when I talk about the Affirmations chapter, I have to spend a good bit of time decoding what ought to be straightforward words because the self-help movement has kind of sunk both of those words. When you think about affirmation, people think what you're supposed to do is this is me talking myself or talking God into something. But that's not how it works. We've talked about this Yeah, well, I was going to say, we talked about this on a previous podcast. So if you really want to know um, our feelings about that, go listen to that one. But I want to get down to the real change and and i guess it's also about the denial because Mm -hmm. denial has that word has been ruined both of those words have been eaten by self-help right so what i really want to talk about is what it really really means to have again like i said before to have that real healing and i think the key to it is you have to accept it as a choice that you would have consciously made Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I go to the refrigerator and I say, I'm in the mood for some strawberries or I'm in the mood for a soda or whatever it is sure. that you're doing it, you're, you're making that choice. And it's, and, it, and it's a, it may be a happy choice. It may be a choice of convenience, but you're making that choice. Everybody knows what that feels like. Yeah, exactly. And so I guess that's the imagery that I, I want to do. So if there is a challenge in your life whether it's a financial challenge or a health challenge or anything else like that, I think that if you approach it as though you have made that choice, sort of a neutral, not not one way or the other about it, I think that that really and truly is the first step to your true healing and your ability to move on from that. Absolutely. This is huge. This is absolutely huge because so often when people in unity are going through something negative, the kinds of affirmations or denials or whatever, the work they do, let's be generic, the work that they do has so much to do with, okay, this is not happening to me. This is not who I am. This is not. not." And there's some truth in some of that. But the point is, if you spend your time in the self-help version of denial. Let's say this. If you spend your time in a no place, you're taking your power away. Everything is practice for everything else. You do one thing, you're going to get better at that thing. You can't practice misery and expect to get good at happiness, for example. That's important. A lot of people don't know that. They think somehow they can short-circuit the system. But what I mean by that is if you say... This thing is not part of me. It's some other power. It's this other thing. I'm ignoring it or I'm fighting it. It's this. It's other. It's not what I want. It's not part of my power, let's say. Well, you're practicing disempowerment. You can never step into a place of power until you're able to go, you know what? Whatever's going on in front of me, I chose it. Maybe I had a dumb idea. I had some idea of me being less than or that this is how the world worked. And man, I've got a catalog of experiences like that in my past. Everybody does. But until you can go, you know what? I chose it. Until you can do that, you're not going to step into the power that it takes to change it. And there's some important pieces there. This is not about blame. Well, I was going to say that. It's not about blame and it's not about suffering. That's Mm -hmm. not what we're talking about. And I really, really want to make it super, super clear what I'm trying to say and what we're we're trying to say. And I think it's that 
when you let's just take for example a health challenge okay let's say you're really facing maybe it's not maybe it's not serious but maybe it's annoying maybe it's something with a dietary thing that okay you can't eat you dairy anymore you can't okay. eat gluten anymore and you're really bummed about it and it becomes this whole it becomes this whole thing and you you know and it is what it is because cheese because yeah because cheese is good <laughs> um let's just take that until you can say all right this is what i'm dealing with now and there's something that's going on okay i choose this it gives it no place else to go. There's no fight left there. And I think what we end up doing in our desire to eliminate it is to vanquish the bad guy, to vanquish the enemy, to, to eliminate the problem. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to get my miracle. I'm going to do that. I know I've done that before. And so for me, this was a real eye-opener when we started talking about this, because I thought, aha, that's that's it. Because it applies to so many things. It applies to finances. It applies to relationships. It really does. It's like, I have chosen this. And it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just like, here's where I am right now. I think you pointed out, um, what was the movie reference that you made? Oh, okay. This? So, yeah, I wanted to, this is exactly what it made me think of. It made me think of the movie True Grit, the remake. I mean, the original is great, too. But the remake, the remake is with so much better, Jeff though. Bridges, it's a Coen no, Brothers movie. The Coen great. Brothers have never made a bad movie. If you haven't seen True Grit, you need to see True Grit. But there's this great part where uh, Rooster Cogburn, Jeff Bridges' character, they've got this ambush plan where they're going to get the bad guys. And it doesn't, it doesn't go the way he thinks it's going to go. In fact, it goes very badly. Yeah, and he just goes, well, that didn't pan out. In other words, okay, this didn't work out. I'm going to keep on going. He didn't blame anybody. This is not about blame. He didn't beat himself up because that doesn't help you catch the bad guys. He just said, okay, well, that was a dumb idea. Let's move forward. I chose it. It's real. I'm going to deal with the consequences of it, let's say. But this is not going to define who I am for whatever. That's the important part because... It's not that we're going to, uh, to to people who are having a hard time and saying, well, you know, this is all your fault. This is not about fault. This is saying there is some part of you that claimed that by right of consciousness. Let's really go there so we can get through to the other side because this is the, this is the deal, I think. There's only one presence and one power in the universe. We say that all the time. There is just God. If I fight something... If I say that something is in a dualistic relationship with me, I have just made it another God. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. That's, so think that's about that. Powerful. If you're really fighting something, you've made it divine. You've made it another God to you. The Bible is very clear about that. Of course, there's all kinds of commandments about having more than one power. We talk about it all that time. But let me give you a new one. Resist not evil. You know, and of course there's the turn the other cheek part that you're very familiar with. This is not about taking a beating. This is about saying, I am not going to fight this thing that I chose. Because think about it. If it's going on in your life, did God do it to you? Well, I don't like to, I don't want to live in that kind of world that, you know, God just doles out punishment whenever he feels like it. And I, I think it's also important to point out that it doesn't matter how you got to the place that you're in it doesn't matter at all you know you always say i don't care what color the car you drove to get here you know when you're the when point you're, is you're here the point is that you're here it doesn't matter to me whether it's red blue yellow or green that doesn't matter it's it's inconsequential yeah, well, this is Jesus and the man born blind. The disciples are like, well, he was born this way. He didn't have time to do anything wrong. What's going on? And Jesus basically says, guys, you're missing the point. The point is, here he is. Let's fix it. Right. So, but fixing it has to do with saying, you know what? For whatever goofy reason, I chose it. I'm going to really step into my power. I am the chooser of this. Right. And, you know? if, you ch and if you accept it that way... It goes away. It's amazing. It's like Tai Chi. It's just like there's no resistance there. There really isn't. And it's it's amazing. And 
And I think the real key is to get rid of all of that guilt and shame and fear and sadness and all of that yucky. And I do think that that is a process. I don't think it can happen instantaneously. So I think the keys here are, it doesn't matter how you got to the situation that you're in. Don't feel bad about it. It just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And stop fighting it. Yeah. This is about radical acceptance. Yes. This is about saying, what I am experiencing right now is I chose it. There was some part of me, once again, doesn't matter why, but maybe I had a limited idea about me or how the world worked or whatever. For some reason, I chose it. But the point is, I chose this and I accept my choice so that I can move on. And one of the ways that you can tell that you have really reached a place of acceptance is if you can get to that Jeff Bridges, Rooster Cogburn, true grit moment of, yep, that didn't pan out. And here's what I mean by that. Think about, uh, I don't know, think about a relationship. Maybe you got done with the dysfunctional relationship. But if you still want that other person to hurt, for example, you're not really done. This is, this is one of those things. If you're about to uh, go out of town, to move away, sometimes people pick fights with each other because they want to still make that emotional contact. There are people who just don't know how to get along with each other, but they want to connect, and so they do mean things to get an emotional connection that way. If you have a negative feeling about it, you're not really done with it. You still have an attachment to it. If you can say, yeah, you know what? That was, that was nutty. That thing I did... I got it, cool, and it doesn't hurt your heart anymore, then you know you're at that place of power because giving your feelings away is giving your power away. And I think, I think that that is the answer to real healing, to true prosperity. Mm. I think, like I said, it's that radical acceptance and, and getting rid of all of that yuck. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the best word that I can find is that just the big old pile of yuck. Well, it's, that's the fight. We're not supposed to fight. We're, not suppo- we're supposed to turn the other cheek. We're supposed to practice radical forgiveness, not just of others. We're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, which indicates we're supposed to love ourselves too. So this is about saying there is no adversary. There's just choices. And some of them are dumb <laughs> choices. So be it. But the moment I give my choice away, I give my power away. And if what I want to do is fix this, get better, grow, heal, whatever, the first thing I got to do is claim my power back. And I do that by saying whatever this is is a choice. I don't know if you know this, Jenny. I don't know if you're aware of this. But the whole time with our kids, when one of the kids would, let's say, stub their toe, you go, why'd you do that? And... I don't know if you ever if you did that intentionally or not, but I've always thought that was a funny quirk. Just our whole lives together. Yeah, I know that you've, I do that. You've yeah. done that to me. I bump I, my I head think, or something. Well, why'd you do that? It's like, well, well, I think it diffuses the. It diffuses the, especially with the kids. I think it diffuses the. Oh my God, are you okay? You know, sure. It, it, it it's telling them I'm not panicked and you shouldn't be either. You know, and and so. It, it was but just like this, when they were this, when they were young and they would fall and we'd say woohoo you know yeah. just because you don't want to suck in your breath or make them shock because it could be that maybe they're not hurt and you're just programming them to every time they fall you know that they're supposed to yeah but there's cry also out. this Freudian thing where you don't ever do anything by accident yeah and maybe. there's a really profound tie in there where the idea is what you're reminding that person is you did that you bumped your head. Yeah, maybe you didn't mean to, but there's a part of you that chose it. And in some little way, maybe you're reminding them that they're making this choice. So take your power back, choose something differently, accept where you are so that you can move on. Well, and I have been taking this principle since we talked about it, and I've been sort of implementing it in in smaller ways, and and just sort of practicing it. You know, you can't you can't get the big miracles unless you start small, yeah. and that's kind of how I choose to do this. And so, not only am I giving myself a little bit more room to just be, oh, take that breath, but I find that I'm giving other people the room to do that too. And whether they know it or not, I'm like, well, they chose it and that was pretty dumb, but 
you know what? Okay, they're they're on to their next thing and they're going to figure it out. Well, but see, that's the beginning of forgiveness. If you can go, you know what? They're working on some definition of good. Everybody wants good. It could be that their definition of good, not so great. But that's not the point. Are they going to get to a better definition of good if I just continue to treat them like they're a villain right. or an idiot? Or are they going to get to a better definition of good if I can say, you know what, bring it in. Come here. Yeah. You know, what a difference. That's where the power is. Yeah. Radical acceptance. And and you really do. You will feel so much more at ease. You will feel more powerful and you'll feel more peace. It's amazing. It's really good. And I think that this is I think that this is something that we're going to have to come back around and talk about a little bit mm-hmm. and and do a little bit of a checkup cuz I just think we have scratched the surface of of what this really means. And I'd like to see this how this applies in you know directly at, at to your prosperity or directly into radical healing of things that you know, the outward people have said cannot be healed and, and all of that. And I'm talking about the big miracles. I I think that this is, I think that this is the beginning of something really, really interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to, to go a little bit further of this, but I think we're not tonight, not tonight. (laughs) (laughs) We'll save for another time. have an amazing listen up question and this one comes from erica b and thank she, you erica she says um we all sometimes discuss other people and their lives <laughs> but when does that become gossip and is it wrong oh wow yeah well this is a big deal this is a big deal for all kinds of reasons i mean we we are the kind of people who practice thinking about what you're doing you know life is consciousness all of that we we think about stuff all the time why did i do this and how was i feeling and what's going on inside of me and we were analytical in that way and it's very difficult i suppose not to look at what other people are doing and go why'd you do that what's your thing and then there's a fine line all of a sudden there's gossip it makes me think of back in the day unity published a book called divine remedies and the basic idea of the book was you can look up an ailment, you know, sore throat, cold, backache, whatever. You could look up an ailment and it would say, well, this is because of this kind of thinking. Like congestion might have to do with holding on to stuff, for example, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a cute idea. And actually there have been a number of books since then that have the same kind of an idea. Louise Hay wrote one. But anyway, Divine Remedies was very, very popular, but it was so popular for the wrong reason. It became popular because well-intentioned Unity people were walking around using that book to diagnose other people. Oh, did you see Mildred's got a cough? That must mean whatever. And so the, the folks at Unity felt so strongly that this was a bad thing that they took the book out of print. Pretty cool, really, when you mm-hmm. think about it. But there's that tendency even amongst well-meaning people to go to a bad place. Well, I think it's an easy way to make yourself feel better. Oh, yeah. It's instant gratification. If you can be, quote unquote, better than so-and-so or better than what's going on next door at your neighbor's house, it, you know, it gives you that faux sense of, Satisfaction. I mean, I think the Germans have a word for it. Oh, the um, Schadenfreude with yes. the, the the harm joy. With the, the harm joy, yeah. exactly. Where it's like a you little take bit pleasure from the misfortunes of others. You have you have just that moment of. Of, of course, the Germans have a word for it. By the way, I'm German. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> but I think that I think that when you're speaking about other people and the stuff that they're experiencing, I think when it takes the turn is when you are speaking negatively about that person and I you know I mean when you're I mean this is extreme but I could see an example of where a couple of people get together and all of a sudden you know she's the b word or how could she do that or you know there, there's all kinds of stuff that you can and so I think gossip in general is the negative place that you go because I've had 
conversations with people about for example, you know, how my sister is doing or, or something. I'm like, yeah, she's, you know, she's going through a little bit of a tough time, but this is, you know, but she, but she's getting through it and, and it'll be okay. So just, you know, hold a good thought for her. I mean, relaying information is not the same thing as gossiping. I think it becomes gossip when you take joy in somebody else's pain. Okay. So for you, it's the joy thing. I get that. And, and we both know in some of the teens that we've worked with, that there are there have been one or two let's say teens or 11 or 12 yeah (laughs) (laughs) who they don't think that the romance thing is going to happen for them they don't feel good about themselves for example whatever they're not like every teenager in the history of time they're not crazy about their appearance let's say or they just don't feel like they can they can get uh, it's awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, man. They're awkward. And so every every teen goes through that. But there are some teens who respond to that feeling of, okay, I'm not going to have romance happen in my life by really getting good at stirring the pot for other people and getting in the way of some romantic things or drumming, oh, so-and-so's got a crush on you when they don't. You know, those kinds of moments. And so it's like, well, that emotional thing is the next best thing to me actually experiencing it. It's like a live action reality show or whatever. But once again, that comes back to, did you do that because it made you feel a certain way? You know, I think it's about, as always, it's about your intention. If your intention is to, again, talk about something, relay information, share a story, share a thought... Um, share a prayer, you know, with somebody else, you know, for for whatever reason. I think that that's a completely different thing than, again, if you are getting an emotional kick out of, whether it's a positive or a negative, if you're getting, if you, and, and with gossip, it's mostly negative. Let's be honest. Nobody Goss- gossips, nobody about, gossips about, about Did you see stuff. how awesome Larry is? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, even if, even if somebody has lost weight, you're like, oh, maybe she's sick or maybe this or that. Yeah. And rumors get started that way and lives can be hurt and people's feelings can be hurt that well, way. And, also, and so I think it's, I think it's a... Uh, be real careful is what I would say. Well, I have to say it makes me you saying prayer made me think of it as you know when we go guest speak at different churches when we're on the road and stuff. One thing that happens now and again that just drives me nuts is I'll be getting ready to get up on the platform. I'll be thinking about what I'm going to say that morning and it doesn't look like it cuz I'm just sort of sitting there, but I'm really I'm in the zone. I'm trying to think about God's stuff, you know, trying to be as clear of a of a of a channel as I can be. You know, that's my job is to kind of get out of the way. Try to mag let me magnify your presence. That's the that's the idea, right? So I'm really trying to get there, trying to think about it, trying to okay, here's my talk. Okay, got it. Now I'm going to get out of the way of it, that sort of thing. And it's a transmutation sort of a moment, but there are times when somebody will walk up to me right then and say Hey, can you uh, can you remember to ask the congregation to pray about uh, John Doe because his his leg is really hurting and his sister said blah 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 and then look I don't I probably you know because we're on the road I don't even know who John Doe is right but I shouldn't need to know who he is but what I do know is all I know about him is his legs broken right or whatever and it makes it worse. When I get up on the platform and I say, well, now let's pray about this person and their leg. No All you're one, thinking about is their leg. No one in that crowd is thinking supportive things. Everyone in that crowd is thinking, oh, bad leg. And that is the exact opposite of where they should be. Right. In turn, that makes me think about the story in scripture about Lazarus's tomb. And there's this great miracle. Lazarus is raised from the dead and all of that. And at the end of it, Jesus says, loose him and let him go. And that wasn't because they were doing dog pile on Lazarus. That's not why he said let him go. Our unity understanding is Jesus was basically saying, stop seeing Lazarus as dead. You've got to let go of that in your thoughts. And so that's the thing. Whether you're talking about somebody or praying about somebody or anything in between, are you seeing that person free and unlimited? Are you seeing them whole and healing? Are you seeing them loved and loving? Or are you seeing them in terms of some BS thing they're going through? Right. 
that's part of it. How are, what are you looking at when you see them? Well, and again, what is your motive? Yeah. Is it to help or is it to hurt? Right. And be real honest because that stuff you put out, it comes right back every time. And sometimes it's instant. Mm-hmm. When you, when you see the people in your life that you feel led to talk about because you care about them, make sure that what you see is the same thing that God sees. You know that saying, a face only a mother could love? It's because parents only see potential. They don't see you in terms of your limitation. Good parents anyway. Can you see the people in your life like God does? That is your job. And I would say take it a step further and really do some investigating about why you want this other person to feel bad and what that says about you. And maybe you got some work to do yourself. You know, go go inside there a little bit. Do some, do some work on yourself before you start thinking about other people. So your homework is to think about those people and say, I see you as God sees you. I lose you and let you go. Find some version of those words that speaks to your heart. But that's the nucleus of it. It's time for our Check It Out segment, and that's when we tell you where we're going to be, what we're up to, how you can reach us, and all that good stuff. So Dieter, start us off. Where are we going to be? Well, let's see. April 16th, we're doing the Easter Sunrise Service at uh, South Straub Park or North Straub Park, one of the various Straub It's North. Par- it's, it's it, north. I believe it is North Straub Park. All right. Park. Well, go to, go to uh, firstunity.org or go to unitysociety.com slash events. The information is all there. It's the Easter Sunrise Service. Once again, that's April 16th. And uh, April 23rd, the following Sunday, you and I are going to be doing a branching in talk and a book signing at Unity of Sarasota. And I believe they have two services at Sarasota. Mm-hmm. So you have a couple of opportunities. If you don't feel like getting up early, come to the late. And if you have something to do in the afternoon, come to the early service. Grab a book, have a sign it for you. It's all good. And if you've already bought our book and you just wanted to get it signed or something like that or just stop by and say hi, we always love to see everybody that's come out. And this last week we were in Sebring and it was so, so good. Oh, man. Absolutely. And we signed so many books and it was just really, really wonderful to share that Sunday with them. And, and so special thanks to the Sebring community. And I, I love that church. It just feels like being in the Midwest. And they even... Uh, it Reverend, was potluck Sunday. Yeah. Reverend Andy made me some of his special pasta salad, which yep. is incredible. And just which is all gone now. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It, no, it didn't so, last long. No. But, uh, but thank you, Reverend Andy, if you're listening. But just so much fun. But so we'll be in Sarasota on, uh, on the 23rd. And... Almost immediately after the service, I guarantee you we're going to be at Perk Coffee in Sarasota, P-E-R-Q Coffee. That's uh, the finest coffee in Sarasota. Mm-hmm. Not the finest coffee in the world because that's here in St. Petersburg, the finest city on the face of the earth. But pretty darn fine cup of joe. Um, on uh, May the 2nd, I'm starting a seven-week Bible class, Unity in the Bible, and that's going to be, once again, at First Unity Church here in St. Petersburg. That's on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. From 7 to 8.30 mm-hmm. for seven weeks. And then May 21st, you'll be doing the service at First Unity. You're going to be flying solo on that one. I'm not going to be doing the service with you. It is not a branching in. Um, so come see, if you've seen the branching in talk and you want to see something new, Come and see Dieter at First Unity on May 21st. Well, you, you can stop by the Wings bookstore there at First Unity and buy a copy of the book, Branching in the Journey from Alone to All One. It's also <laughs> available at a store near you and at Amazon.com. You can always find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And our handle for all of those is at The Unity Society. Come find us. Come message us. Come give us your questions for our Listen Up segment. Just come say hi. We always love talking to our fans, and it's just always a joy. You can uh, find me for my personal Instagram at Jenny A. Randolph. And I'm Dieter underscore Randolph. At both Instagram and Twitter, right? No, at Twitter, I'm just at Dieter because I've been a Twitter guy. I'm like user number 300 or something like that. I'm from the OG Twitter era. Forget about it. Wow. I wonder... Are Twitter handles worth money? Is that a thing? No. No? They're not? Seems like it should be. It's a nerd thing. I was going to say, let's sell it. It's like, yeah. 
if you write John Luke Picard on something and pass it off as an autograph, you could probably make more money than for a Twitter handle. All right, Dieter, let's wrap it up. <laughs> they asked Jesus, how many times should they forgive? And Jesus said 70 times 7. And you know that. And if you know about number stuff in the Bible, 7 represents uh, spiritual completion. You know, like there's seven days of the week. It, it represents until you're done. Well, 70 times 7, the basic idea is until you have no attachment to it. Forgive until it's just gone. It's, it's like if we would say, if I told you once, I told you a million times. You know, inflation being what it is. But the idea is face it and forgive it until it's not a thing anymore. Don't turn away from it. Resist not evil, just like we said. Everything that you have, the things that you love and like, the things that you don't like so much, you have earned them by right of consciousness. If there's something going on in your life, a relationship, a situation, a bodily condition that's not doing it for you, well, you don't want to make that your adversary. You don't want to make that a god. Instead, face it. Acknowledge it. Say, well, that didn't pan out. But I chose it. And once you know that, you can begin to choose differently. Practice your choice. And acknowledge the choices of others. When you see the people in your life, just see them like God does. See them unlimited. Set them free. And that will make you free too. The Unity Society podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. And our amazing sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She's half the musicians that you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, also quite a dungeon master. And as always, this podcast is supported solely by you. And you know what that means if you listen to this podcast, but you're going to hear it again. You're going to hear it every time because it means a lot. Supported by you means that we are counting on you to spread the word about this podcast, to spread the word about what we're doing on our website. Go find it. Every single article, every single post, we make it as easy as we can for you to share through email or for, through tweeting, through through liking it on Facebook. There's a million ways that you can tell somebody about this. If you've listened this far into the podcast, then we must have said something that meant something to you. And we are so honored and so grateful for that. But if it did something for you, you know somebody that it could do the same thing for. So please just take a minute and share it with them. And the big deal too is, Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever it is, I guarantee you there is a way to give the podcast a rating. So take a minute and give it the highest rating. Give it a five-star rating because that's how this is triggered in the mechanisms of those wonderful websites and, and tools to promote itself. If you give us a five-star rating in iTunes, iTunes takes notice and helps promote it to other people. And that is an amazing chain reaction that can make a real difference in the world. It sure would make a difference in our world. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful, wonderful, amazing week. <laughs>